This is episode 297 of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of Two Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, it's Anita here. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know, if you're pregnant and want step-by-step guidance on how to have less pain and pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, how to prepare mentally and physically for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing, how to have your partner feel confident to support you during birth, and how to navigate a smoother postpartum recovery, my Bump to Birth Method online program is available for you to join. It's three programs in one, covering pregnancy, birth prep, and postpartum recovery, plus you get lifetime access to the program content and bonuses. Bump to Birth Method is my on-demand, self-paced online program where you can learn from the comfort of your own home through video and audio lessons on how to best connect to your pelvic floor and core in pregnancy beyond traditional Kegels, strategies to help common pregnancy pains and pelvic floor symptoms, my top strategies to prepare your mind, body, and pelvic floor for labor, how to best support you and your pelvic floor during pushing, key strategies for your partner to support you during labor, and how to navigate your first six weeks postpartum. Bonuses include expert interviews, core and pelvic floor yoga class, three strength training workouts, hospital and home birth bag lists, meditation tracks for pregnancy, birth, and postpartum recovery. Whether you're preparing for your first or fifth birth, if you're ready to have less pain and pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, feel fully prepared mentally and physically for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing and how to navigate your first six weeks postpartum recovery, then head to the show notes or go to bumptobirthmethod.com to see what other expecting moms have said about bump to birth and to enroll today. Welcome back to the Two Birth and Beyond podcast, or if you're new, welcome to the podcast. It's Anita here, and today's episode is going to be about a topic you may be dealing with, or maybe you've dealt with, or if you work with pregnant or postpartum clients, maybe they've been dealing with this. And that is about foot and ankle pain in pregnancy or postpartum. It's very common I see these types of pains in clinic with my clients, whether from previous broken ankles or severely sprained ankles, and either they did rehab but didn't fully regain movement or strength in their ankle or foot, or they were just never told to do rehab after they did originally injure it. And so it's never really felt the same, like their left and right foot. But then when you add on the changes your body goes through in pregnancy and postpartum, that then I see clients who are dealing with those differences between their left and right foot and it's creating pain. So prior to adding pelvic health physio to my physiotherapy practice nine years ago, 
I had previously focused my practice on orthopedic. So even though technically I view pelvic health as orthopedic, within the physio profession, there still is this kind of separation of orthopedic versus pelvic. And orthopedic just means head, shoulders, back, hips, knees, ankles, all the other areas of our body, basically. So I saw many, many ankle injuries, as well as previous to that, even before I became a physiotherapist, in my kinesiology degree, I was a trainer for the women's basketball and rugby teams at the university that I went to. And with both of those sports, if you are familiar with either of them, they involve a lot of foot and ankle injuries. So all that to say, treating feet and ankles isn't something new to me and being able to help my clients get rid of this type of pain, plus get better strength and mobility in these areas in pregnancy and postpartum is pretty awesome because these are two times that so many are told, whether it's pelvic floor or any type of pain in their body, everyone's just told there's nothing that can really help. This is just kind of part of being pregnant or part of being postpartum. And I want you to know that you don't have to put up with symptoms, even previous injuries that are, you know, maybe pain in that area is coming back up. There's still something that can be done to help you. And personally, in my second pregnancy, I fell forward down a couple of steps at the bottom of the steps in our house. And on my one foot, I got really, really swollen and sore around the metatarsals. So kind of where your toes connect to the rest of your foot. And plus growing up as a dancer and playing basketball, ankle sprains and foot injuries were not something new to my body. So today I'm going to share with you four exercises that my clients have found helpful and that I've used myself when it comes to rehabbing ankles or feet. Now, something to think about, which many don't realize is we have so many tiny, tiny bones and muscles and ligaments in our feet and our ankles, you know, connecting all the way from the knee down to the ankle and then further into the foot. And what is really key is being able to articulate through those little tiny bones and muscles. And that is what I find makes a big difference with foot pain or ankle pain. And I often find that is what gets missed. Like often we're looking at a lot of these bigger movements but these really tiny movements is, are really, really key. Even when we're walking, our foot doesn't move as just one, one big piece. It actually has to articulate and move through these tiny bones and muscles. So you'll notice that will come up in the exercises that I mentioned today. And this isn't just to help with day-to-day -day movement, although that is really key to be able to move throughout your day with less stiffness and pain in your feet and your ankles, but it's also going to help you get back to activities like running, jumping. If you do play any sports or if you dance, this is really key. Now, if you've recently injured your foot or your ankle, it's best to see a physio near you for that individual assessment because when it's in a very acute injury, there may be some other things that you want to do first. And there can be various ways that you can injure your foot and ankle. So if it's something new, see someone near you so that they can address it and give you specifics to what's uh, recently happened to your foot or ankle. Now, I realize this being a podcast, I can only really describe these exercises, 
But what I'm going to do is an Instagram post to demonstrate each of these four exercises. So when this podcast comes out, you can go and check over on To Birth and Beyond podcast on Instagram and also on my page, Holistic Health Physio, and you'll see a demonstration of these four exercises. So the first exercise is where you would use a tennis ball or a golf ball. Some will use a lacrosse ball. I found lacrosse ball to be a little bit hard, um, but see what you have to try this out. And this is to help release the muscles under the foot into your arch. So you can do this sitting, you can do this standing, and you're going to place the ball under your foot and you're going to not apply so much pressure that you're jamming your foot into the ball and that it's so painful because I find with any exercise that you're using a ball or something to help release tension within your body if you're applying so much pressure that it's painful then likely your body's just going to tense up in in like a protection response and you're not really going to see a change in what you're feeling so you just want enough pressure that you feel a little bit of tenderness and then you're going to be rolling your foot over the ball. And you're going to go basically from the front of your heel all the way to the base of your toes. And you want to make sure you get your inner arch, your outer arch. You want to get the whole entire foot. And I find this can feel very relaxing even if you don't or if you're not dealing with foot or ankle pain. And I find a lot of Clients who tend to have desk jobs will even keep a ball at their desk and just roll their foot under their desk, which makes it really easy to do throughout their workday. Um, but basically, you can do this specifically on the foot that has had pain. But I always say, you know, do the other foot as well. You'll never know the other side, especially if you're dealing with pain or stiffness has often had to do more work because there's compensation going on. So it can feel great to release muscle tension in the opposite foot. So I often find it helpful doing that for about two minutes. You could do it once a day, you could do it a few times a day, but it's one that I find can feel great to really help with pain and stiffness in the foot, but also the ankle. So that's releasing tension in the foot around the both the inner arch and outer arch with a tennis ball, golf ball, or lacrosse ball, or any type of ball like that. Now, the second exercise, this one, my clients always laugh when I give it to them and they ask if this is actually possible to do, but then they come back and they can do it. So this is an extra exercise I originally learned at being a dancer, because as a dancer, you really have to be able to articulate through your feet and your toes and just be so connected to your feet. And so this one is called piano toes. So I would suggest doing this sitting first. And what you're going to do, so if you look down at your feet, you're going to try to lift your big toe and just do one foot at a time. So especially the affected foot, but always good to test it on the other side as well. But you're going to lift your big toe first. And you'll probably notice that your arch, so your inner arch, which is what most people picture when someone says the arch of your foot, you'll see it lift a bit once you lift your big toe. And then you're going to try to lift your second toe, and then your third, and then your fourth, and then your fifth toe, and then you're going to reverse it. 
So you're going to lower your pinky toe, then your fourth, your third, your second, and then your big toe. And while you're doing this, you are keeping your metatarsal, so the base of your big toe and the base of your pinky toe on the ground. Because you'll notice to try to lift your toes, your foot may want to roll out or roll in or your knee may want to be moving. And none of those should be compensating because what happens is when you really just are moving your toes, you're working those little muscles I talked about that are um, that go through the foot. And so if this is really hard to do when you first do it, it's not you at all. This is so, so common because we never really like work these muscles, right? And I find especially shoes now that are really built up, you may really feel like you're what is just moving as one piece, right? We're not moving through our feet and our toes like we could. And it makes such a difference with foot pain, ankle pain, with walking, with being able to run and jump, really, really key. So like I said, start with sitting and keep the base of your big toe and baby toe on the ground. And you're going to lift your big toe, your second, your third, your fourth, and then your fifth. And then reverse. You're going to do your pinky, your fourth, your third, your second, and your first. What you can do over time is then eventually do it in standing and eventually do it standing on one foot. But like I said, start with sitting. Now, if you also find it especially hard to do this, what you can do is use your hand. So if you sit right on the floor or on your bed or on the couch and bring your foot up and place it flat, so your knee bent and foot flat, Use your hand to hold down your other toes. So if it's your big toe going up first, but you're like, all my toes are going up. How do I not, you know, how do I not let them do that? Use your hand to hold your four other four toes and then eventually move your second, third, fourth, and fifth. So your hands can totally help initially. And you find over time as you do it, you won't need to anymore. And so again, you can work on trying to do 10 reps going through that. In sitting, once you get that, go to standing. And then once you get that, go to standing on one foot. So that's called piano toes. The third exercise are calf raises. And this might be the most familiar one out of these four exercises for a lot of people, because if you are someone who uh, is used to strength training, often calf raises will come, come into that type of uh, training. And initially what I find can be helpful is testing out what it feels like to do calf raises on both feet. Often if you've had pain or stiffness or injury on one side, you'll notice one side feels easier than the other. Maybe you don't have full range of motion, like you're not lifting your heel as high on one side versus the other. So to do a calf raise, if this is something new for you, I always recommend, you know, face a wall or a kitchen counter, something to hold on to. This is not something you need to work up to doing without holding on to anything. Hold something with both hands in front of you. You're lifting your heels up so your weight is all on the balls of your feet and slowly coming down. Now, what you want to notice with this too is are you bending your knees to raise up into your calf raise? And that's a sign that your muscles may be having to work really hard to do this and there's some compensation going on. So you want to keep 
your legs nice and long. You don't want to lock your knees. They can be a little bit soft, but for the most part, your legs are quite straight when you're lifting up into your calf raise. Now, if you find you can do 20 of those and it's fairly easy, you don't really notice pain or you know stiffness or a lack of range of motion in one foot, then the next step you can go to is a single leg calf raise. So you would lift one foot up and then you would do that same description I just gave of doing a calf raise, but on one foot. And often this is a time where if you were on two feet and you didn't have a bend in your knee to get up, oftentimes this is when it'll come in, especially on your affected side. So again, you want to keep the leg nice and long, the knee not locked, but it should, shouldn't really be bending to get up into your calf raise. And again, you can slowly go up and slowly go down with this and you can work up to 20. Once that gets easy, then that next step is actually doing the calf raise on a step. So where your foot is half on and half off a step. And when you're going up into your calf raise, that'll feel similar to when you did it on the floor. But then when you lower down, your heel can go below the step. So this basically, it challenges your calf muscle in a different way than when you're doing it on flat ground. So those would be kind of the progressions with the calf raise. But I find, again, this is an area people are often surprised, especially if they've had pain stiffness or an injury in that area, how one side can feel so much weaker than the other. So the third exercise is calf raises. Now, the fourth one, this is to help with what we call mobility or movement within the ankle joint. And there is a test we do as physios called knee to wall. And this helps us see the difference between your left and right ankle range of motion, specifically to what we call dorsiflexion. And dorsiflexion refers to the direction you're kind of your ankle joint is going. If you picture yourself doing a lunge, what your front ankle is doing is what we call dorsiflexion. So if you can picture that, that's the angle that we're trying to increase with your ankle. Because often again, with foot, with ankle injuries, this range of motion in that direction often is lacking on the injured side. So the exercise for this is you can either stand, which often if you're pregnant, especially if you're further in pregnancy, this is probably the option that will feel the best to do because if you do the floor lunge, your belly might be in the way to getting full range of motion. Um, but again, check the Instagram post because I'll, I'll demonstrate the floor lunge, but you can do the same thing standing up. So if you face a wall or anything again to hold on to because you don't necessarily need the wall for the exercise. The wall really is for more the test. Um, but for the exercise, you can hold something in front of you and you're going to be in a lunge position. So the affected side is going to be forward because that's the side we're trying to increase the range of motion. And your other leg is behind you. You want to keep your hips square to the direction you're facing. So for example, the wall, if you're facing a wall and you want to bring your foot away from the wall. So as you lunge forward, your front heel, we want to keep on the ground. 
and you're bringing your knee forward as far as you can without letting your heel lift. Now your knee is going to go over your ankle. And depending, you may have been told that in a lunge, your knee should never go over your ankle. What we know now is that actually that is a great range of motion to go through, even if you have knee pain, because we actually need to have our ankle or knee go over our toe a lot of times throughout the day. If you're going upstairs, if you're going downstairs, if you're getting up out of a chair, if you're getting up off the toilet, our knees go over our ankles all the time. So there, it was kind of like more of a, I would say a traditional way of looking at lunges is people were always told and with squats to never let your knees go over your toes, but that's out of date info now. We actually know it as actually helpful. And for this specific movement, we really need that because we need to be able to do that movement to help with our ankle range of motion. So with this exercise, you're going to, like I said, lunge forward as far as you can. This one, it doesn't really matter what your back leg is doing. As long as your hips are square to the wall, you're, you're, you can be on your toes. You can have your back heel down. That doesn't matter. It's more of what's going on with your front foot. So your heel needs to stay down. You're bringing your knee forward. You're lunging forward as far as you can without letting your heel lift. You're going to hold that for about 10 seconds. So if you follow the podcast, or I know if any clients are listening, rather than holding it and holding your breath, I always say, let's do deep breathing. Why not use that to your benefit? So you could hold that lunge for however many deep breaths it would take you to do in 10 seconds and then back off and then do it again and back off. And so building up to about 20 reps of that, and you notice over time that you will actually start to be able to lunge further and further of getting your knee farther over your ankle. And so that fourth exercise is called knee to wall. And again, with that, don't worry about specifically your knee getting to the wall. Um, it's just more of the name of the exercise because it's after the, the test where we would compare both sides um, to see about your ankle mobility. So just to review those four exercises, the first one is the arch ball release for under the foot. The second one is piano toes, which is really great for helping you learn how to articulate through those tiny muscles uh, within your foot. And so that your toes are each working on their own and not just working as one piece with the rest of your foot. The third exercise is calf raises. So you have the option of doing two foot calf raises, building up to a single foot, and then up to uh, doing the calf raise on a step. And the fourth exercise is knee to wall to increase that dorsiflexion or being able to bend the ankle, similar to when you picture doing a lunge, what that front foot is doing. So I'd love to hear from you if you plan to try out some of these exercises. If you've dealt with ankle or foot pain or stiffness in pregnancy or postpartum. So, as always, you can send a DM over on Instagram at Two Birth and Beyond Podcast or over on my page at Holistic Health Physio. And please share this episode with a friend who may be dealing with this type of pain and stiffness because. Like I said earlier in this episode, so many symptoms, not just pelvic floor symptoms, but just pain in general, 
so many are told is they just need to deal with it in pregnancy or postpartum. It's just going to be part of the changes that your body goes through. But when you share this with a friend, letting them know that no, actually they can change their pain and they can change their stiffness and mobility, it can make such a big difference for their pregnancy and postpartum experience. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 